All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. It is Thursday, the last day of the week for this show, at least. Welcome. Glad to have all of you here. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor-in-chief here at Sci-Fi for Me. And we are broadcasting live to Odyssey, YouTube, and Facebook, which means that if you're here with us live, you can join the chat, participate in the conversation. If you are not here live, that's okay. You can still leave a comment. Email address for feedback is live, uh, live from the bunker at sci fi for mecom I had to think for a minute, what show am I doing here today? All right. Live from the bunker at sci fi for mecom We also do invite you to go over to the .com. Sign up for our newsletter. Of course, you can connect with us on all of the socials. <coughs> Lots of them. And this show is also available in podcast form on a number of podcast players. So you can check us out there if you will. So choose. We've got listeners in France, Germany, the UK, Canada, Australia. Still got people listening to us in Iceland. What's up with that over there? You guys, you guys just don't have anything better to do, I guess, right? In Iceland. All right. So here we go. We talk a lot here about science fiction more than pretty much anything else. We do cover horror headlines, and occasionally we'll have a a story about fantasy, but we don't cover fantasy as much as I think we probably should, which, you know, it's one of those things where you have to look for it. you got to make sure that we're looking in the right places, and sometimes they come to us, as as has happened today. Our guest joining us for this hour, Tony Quintana, who is the author of this new book. And Tony, you're going to have to help me with the pronunciation. Doge Master Phantasm Creed. Did I get that right? Doge Master. Doge Master. Okay. Doge Master right. Phantasm Creed. It was good. It was <laughs> a good attempt. <laughs> a for effort, right? Not bad for an yeah. old man. Uh, what, what, let me, let me, first of all, and this is not a, this is not a setup or anything, but I notice on the cover, and I don't know if anybody can, can see the resemblance there, but it, it does kind of look this, our, our, our hero on the cover kind of bears a passing resemblance to the author. Is that, is that a, is that on purpose? (laughs) You know what? I get that a lot. I don't know why, because when I was talking to my designer, he, um, he asked me to find like pictures, like images of like models or people that, or, or of a, a man or a teenage boy that like that would like that was similar to what I had in mind. So um, yeah, I just picked one that I really liked. I had to go through millions and millions of pictures, <laughs> but yeah, but that's not me. <laughs> that's okay. not me, and I don't think he looks like me. But a lot of people do say that same thing. It's a well, I mean, you, you know young dashing hero and you know it's 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 an easy easy enough connection to make there and now this is your very first book yes yes mm-hmm. so congratulations on getting published this is coming out what the 19th i believe yes yes tomorrow friday 19th 2021 oh that's tomorrow oh yeah no yeah tomorrow my parents anniversary <laughs> is tomorrow and i forgot to get a card okay I'm gonna uh-huh. that. you can get them the book 
I, I, I could do that. <laughs> so <laughs> for those who are not familiar with this, and, and given that it's your very first book, nobody's going to be, give me the bare bones Reader's Digest. What is this book about? So I think I should start with the themes of the book. So when I started writing the book, I wanted to go with specific themes, especially the ones that I really care about, which are um, kindness, um, self-worth, service, um, and also another one, it's environmental preservation. Those were my main things when I decided to create this book. So um, the story starts uh, 16 years prior to the beginning of the story, and the, the Empire of Sacrilea has been taken over by this wicked em um, emperor. So um, old towns and cities, um, they, had no, they, they, they had no choice to surrender to this new um, reign, except for one place, Hazahar. Um, Asahar is a forest town that has been protected by a by a divine centaur. So it's it's kind of like a god, and they they've been they they had peace for the last sixteen years. They have like some kind of like routine. They have they have nothing. They like they have nothing to fear. They've been protected for so long, but the story starts with my main character, Bashel Ermitash, and he's a librarian's apprentice. And he longs to explore the world that's outside this barrier because no one, uh, just as no one can enter, no one can go out. Okay. So, and because he has uh, lived a sheltered life because of this uh, childhood disease of his, of his um, he just wants to live his life and like explore. So he gets a chance to do that when one day, um, so this, uh, this empire has what's called ogre brigadiers. The ogre brigadiers are like robotic, um, steampunk styled soldiers that are powered by the souls of men and women and like human beings in, in general. And they've managed to infiltrate the forest. So they cause havoc, they destroy stuff. And with the aid of um, a mysterious young man that you'll learn more about him when you read my book, and with the help of a mythic mythical baton that belongs to his father, he's able to defeat this uh, these uh, soldiers. And after that, he earns the opportunity to leave because he gets the chance to join the Cobalt Phantasms. The Cobalt Phantasm Order is an organization that aims to provide relief to, to, to the world outside of Azahar because there are so many hardships, there's so, many, so much suffering. And yeah, that's that's what they do. And he just wants to keep his home safe because he believes that as long as he helps this uh, organization, he he's his home will be okay. Will he will be fine? And also, he'll get his chance to go outside and explore the world. Right. And yeah, there's that's like the beginning of it. And um, I'm I'm hearing echoes of influences here. Uh, and and given that this is one of these, I I guess you would describe it as epic fantasy. This is a quest journey of some sort. Uh, I've been hearing uh, The Hobbit. I'm hearing uh, King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table and Camelot. What what kind of stories have influenced Phantasm Creed? Where what what are you pulling from as far as the things you like, the things you don't like? What what decided these elements go into this story? Well, they're mostly the the stuff that i that i've inspired by is uh, history history in general i love history i love to read about it i love as you've said before i love to um travel all over all over the world just like learn about other cultures and their history and all of their stories and also yeah there's there's some stuff from 
other stories that I've um, gained inspiration from. Like, um, there's a scene that um, that kind of resembles um, King Arthur pulling Excalibur from the, storm, from the stone. And yeah, that's that's like my main inspiration. No. Now, you mentioned travel, and I've and I've see here on your uh, on your Instagram account that you have done quite a bit of that, and I imagine it's probably been a little bit of a challenge over the last year and a half, two years, probably because of the pandemic and the lockdowns and stuff. But what kind of places have you gone? What because you don't seem to be that old. I mean, not to not to put too fine a point on it, but you seem rather young. And I would imagine you've you've probably traveled as much as you can. But where have you managed to be able to go? So I've been able, I, I've been lucky actually to visit well a lot of places in America, of course, Europe, Asia. Um, those are like the the main places I visited to, like the main continents. Um, my favorite foreign like continent is um, Europe. I love to go there. That's where I that that's where I feel like. The happiest, you know. Yeah. Now you've you've said uh, you you're a student of history and you like uh, that kind of thing in terms of the influences. Where where you have gone in your travels? Have you pulled anything from there? I mean, you you mentioned the steampunk elements in this book, uh, architecture, uh, historic you know historical items from the particular places where you visited, folk tales. Or have you pulled from any of that? Yes, yes, I, I really have. Um, in my story, it, it maybe it's not that much about history, but in my story, there's like this uh, egg shaped jewel uh, jewel box. Mm. And that, that one I actually got from like a really, um, really nice store in uh, Berlin, and that one inspired me. I've been have I've had that box for like what, like ten years, <laughs> <laughs> and that one inspired me. And um, yes, and uh, like elements of history, um, it you don't it, you don't have to travel to be inspired by history. You can just go like read or just go to museums. That's what I do. Sure. Um, I whenever I um, I go to Manhattan to New York. I, I, I love to go to the Met and to the other museums. Those are really cool, and I get to see all, all the um, the artifacts. And they have like entire rooms in like this part of of the museum, and that's so cool. And, and they have like outfits and pieces of clothing from those uh, eras. And architecture, uh, I feel like the place I've been inspired most by, I would say France, France okay. and Austria. Those right. those two countries and their architecture, they are breathtaking. Sci-Fi Snob calling me out in the chat saying that I'm youth-shaming the author. And I'm actually impressed because, is I, I, and I'm making an assumption here that you're young. I'm looking at the photographs, I'm looking at you here, and I'm thinking, this this is a young guy. And and you've you've written this book, which is not a, it's not a short little novella. This is a full-length novel, and it's an impressive feet it's a, it's an accomplishment and so it's not oh how could you do that when you're so young it's oh this is great you've done this thing and and you're so i mean you're at the beginning of your career when you decided i'm going to write a book was this this burning back of your head passion thing that you had to do or was this 
Well, let me just see if I can do it. it was, this, was this just a test of your abilities? Or is this something you just felt compelled to do? Well, the, this story, I, I would say, it, it began to form inside my mind 10 years ago when I was 14. And, and don't worry, I, I, don't, I don't feel bad about being young, <laughs> a young athlete. Enjoy um, it while you can. <laughs> yes, I know. No, I, I don't feel shame or anything. I, right. I, just, I, I, like, I even like when people um, say I look young. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, no, it started 10 years ago when I was 14 and, um, I've been actually writing the story. It was, I started four years ago. Yeah, it was four years ago. Um, I just had all these ideas that I've had for like quite some time, like six years. And I said, it's time for me to try. And, um, I'm a Spanish native, native speaker. And, um, I started writing it in Spanish actually. So my first drafts, if you uh, take a look at them, they'll be in Spanish. And then with the help of some good friends, and um, I took some classes and here and then, and I, I learned how to write in English. And um, yeah, it it happened, but I really had that urge to to write my stories, to write all those things, and just to try and inspire others to do the same. Right. Because you're never too too young to start doing something like this. Now, you're originally from Mexico, is that right? Yes, I, uh, I was born in Cancun, Mexico. Okay, are you are you still living in in Mexico, or are you in the in the United States now? Oh no, I live in the United States. Okay. I've been living here quite some time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, having having the original pieces in Spanish and then translating to English, was there anything that was difficult concept wise, or a turn of phrase? Was there a challenge in flipping that into another language? Yeah, well, there are some elements that you need to think more about more more than others. It's like um, humor. That's uh, it, it's a different kind of humor when you're writing for um, Spanish for Spanish speakers. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just have to think about that and to be um, just to think about my because I wanted to share because I started writing it when I was living here in the United States. So I just wanted the story for me to, to be for my American friends. Well, for everyone. But I, I knew the first ones that would read my book would be my American friends. Right. So I had to be. I had to think like, what would they like? Just uh, thinking like how how there be about their behaviors, about their likes, and yeah, that's I. I whenever I go back, first of all, my my drafts are ugly as hell. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I I if I if I ever become famous. I, I will never give into a museum or anything. <laughs> that, that I would be too ashamed to show. Well, now, see, but the thing about it is you, you mentioned that. I, I mean, there are steps along the way in the process of writing. I mean, I've done, I've done a little bit of dabbling with it myself. And when I was, when I was 13, 14, I wrote my first short story. So, you know, it wasn't very good, but you know, it's a, it's a beginning. And, you know, given, how young you were when you started i would imagine that a lot of this stuff is is a bunch of scribbles and notes and here's a random thought over here and here's here you know it's kind of like that that brainstorming process where you just throw a bunch of things on the page and see what sticks so for for on that front i think there would be some value in seeing really with any author where a story starts and how it progresses to when you're finally ready to publish, because there's a there are a lot of steps in between that, 
And I don't know what your process is, whether you outline, you just brainstorm, you just write stream of consciousness and go back and do it. It how how difficult did you find it? How much of a challenge was there to go from this idea you had at 14 to a structured story that has a plot with a certain logic and it has to go from point A to point B? Well, it was not that hard at the beginning. I love brainstorming. Uh, that's my favorite part of, um, of writing, just brainstorming. Just let my, my mind go wild and just think of the craziest thing and just you have that crazy thing and just try to adapt it to something more like, you know, you, you, you know like something that people would like. And um, I don't really have a process. It's, for me, it was just like I, when, when I was writing my, my, my book, I was still in college. And um, I remember that I would have these instances where I would be like, just normal talking and then I would have like an idea and I would just like freeze and be like <laughs> like this <laughs> and my friends would like they, they would all like freak out like are you, are you okay <laughs> and I'm like yeah yeah please please, please don't like don't talk to me for a moment I'm going to get this idea and uh, then I would just go to if it was a good idea I would just go to my iPhone notes and I would write it down right if you take a look at my my iPhone's notes um it, it's full of like all my first ideas old ideas everything even drawings that it like I didn't have any like a, a pen or a pencil and or a piece of paper and I just had to write them I just had to write it down somewhere, so I, I, I just used my notes. And I, I drew, actually. Um, yeah. I drew all my ideas, if they were supposed to be drawings. If I had had a specific, like, I had some, like, breakthrough, and I, I knew how something I didn't know, how it would look. In that moment, I knew, so I had to draw it. So do you draw as well? I mean, how, how much uh, have you thought about doing any kind of art to go along with this or maybe adapt it into a graphic novel or, or maybe come up with an original graphic novel in this universe? Oh, I'm, I, I would love to do that, but I, I am not a professional. I'm not a professional artist or, I mean, I'm not a professional illustrator. Yeah. Um, all my things are cartoony. If you take a look at my, my Instagram page... You will you will see that um, it's full of cartoonish stuff. Um, I even draw myself, um, kind of like chibi version, with some quotes. I, I've done my characters. I've done like more like um, a little bit more uh, detail stuff. Yeah, yeah but this one of yours. Oh, yeah. yeah, there you go. That's my main character. That's Dashiel, guys. So what's yeah. uh, what what was the reaction when you had uh, your first? I guess beta readers when you when you recruited your friends and you said, "Hey, read read this book and tell me what you think and and be gentle." What was the initial reaction from the from the first people who read it? Oh, I, I didn't ask them to be gentle. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, 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 no. Because that for them to be gentle and for them to not speak the truth that that would have been like bad for me, you know. So oh. I I told them just be dead honest. I swear, I'll just have a smile. I'll be dying inside, but it's okay. You can just tell me the truth and it'll be all right. Um, at the end of the day, you're just helping me. Yeah. You just tell me what you like. And not all of their ideas were implemented, you know, not all, all of their uh, feedback was implemented. But um, yeah, they had some good ideas, something that, especially because um, 
I like when they found like a plot hole of some sort or mm-hmm. a logical thing. Um, and I was like, yeah, you, you're right. So I'm just going to um, implement that with specific idea into my, my draft. Did you have any darlings you had to kill? Did you have uh, specific ideas that you wanted to put in the book, but they just don't fit, so you've got to take them out and set them by the wayside? Well, not that... When I, when I, when I thought about... My, when, when I was writing my book, I, I tried so hard to to think about it as if it was a movie, right? So uh, um, I don't know if you guys will notice when you read it, but it's it's kind of like fast-paced, it's like a movie. The, the I, I will actually think that my, my scenes are like tightly written because there's like, there there's like, a, there, there's a um, specific order and things need to happen for other things to take place. Right. And um, yeah, no, that, that, um, that, that really helped me with it. Also, um, I'm a theater kid myself. Um, I used to do drama when I was in high school and, and college. And I know how important it is to block um, to block the scenes and to know like the movement of the characters and to exactly know where they are. And actually, I think that really helped me. Those years as a theater kid helped me to to write those scenes. All right. Oh, and here's the thing. I even have, have them here. So I use uh, Lego minifigurants. So you can, they're right here. <laughs> yeah they these guys helped me a lot because i would create like the sets and um i would just happen there just standing or doing some like action i would even do like stop motion videos right i'm doing that. so i would have an idea like okay in this space that i'm like imagine how <laughs> how would they move inside of the space what objects would they take so i try to be as accurate as possible it was it was really fun. I, I it is really fun. I, I it is like the the best thing of writing. Oh, at least it was for me. So if you guys like Lego, and if you guys are like uh, really good at building stuff, do it. It really helps. I uh, I I have to admit I've done a little bit of that as well because uh, my son and I had an idea when he was five. This was now fourteen years ago. And um, the animatic that we put together, uh, we used um, Star Wars action figures for the various different uh, characters. And, you know, put them on a green screen, took a bunch of photographs of various different environments, built the whole thing, and, and recorded, recorded all of the dialogue. So you'd have this sort of a visual storyboard for things. So I, there is, I, can, I can get the value of using that kind of thing to to visualize what your scenes are going to look like. I mean, in some cases, I would imagine it's better than getting up in the middle of your living room and acting the whole thing out by yourself. But, you know, that I guess there's some value to that as well. I mean, you, I do it. <laughs> I, I, I do it every now and then. That's why I do it in private. No one will see me doing that in public. <laughs> right. you know, I think I would be crazy. I, I, I'm crazy and... It would just take me away. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it does help to visualize, okay, well, especially when you're doing any kind of combat scene or, or uh-huh. where there's a lot of physicality, keeping track of where everybody is relative to everyone else. I, I would say that you probably, you probably are on the right track there, having something physical that you can reference. Okay, well, he swung the axe and now he's on the right. She's over here with the staff on the left and, and you can and you can keep track of that. 
Now, you mentioned that you wrote this kind of like a movie. And nowadays, there's a lot of back and forth on social media. A lot of people, and, and your mileage may vary on this depending on where you where you fall opinion-wise. But there are quite a few people that are looking at the comics industry, that are looking at things that are going on in the publishing world where you have movie deals being made for books before they're even published. And there are people who have a concern that a lot of a lot of creators are writing their comic book or they're writing their novel as the Netflix pitch. We're not writing it just to be a comic book. We're not writing it just to be a book. We're writing it in order to get the TV or movie deal. And I think, personally... I think it sometimes has an effect, has an, has an influence on how you write your story. Now, when you're saying that you wrote it kind of like a movie, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, well, you're visualizing it. You're doing the little animatics with the Legos. But wow. at any point in this, were you sitting there saying, I'm going to do this so I can get the movie deal? Or was this, I have to write this story to write this story? Oh, not at all. Like... The thing about books, um, I was when I was doing another interview the other day. Um, one of the questions was like, why are fantasy and sci-fi um, books still popular when there's like so many movies and technological advancements and communication and everything? But it was like books are special. Like even even if like when I when I was writing my book and I say like like yes, if it was a, a, a movie, I was not doing it because of that. I just wanted to show like the beauty of the movements the beauty of like the, the surroundings it, that's something that you can't like capture in a movie and most of the time when you most of the time when you watch the movie you'll see the point of view of the producer or the director right and that's the beauty of like books because you, you can like imagine things your way yeah that's why that's when, when i show someone a drawing of mine or something i always tell them as long as you get the name right, you, you can imagine however you want. I mean, I gave you I gave you the guidelines. You can just imagine them. But no, I of course I would love my for my book to become a movie. But I just thought it was like more more precious to to be more specific about the world that I was imagining. And um, I had so much fun with it. It's funny you mentioned you that you that you have that that perspective. I, I was talking to my sister the other day. And I'm, I've made the joke on occasion that when I retire, I'm going to run a, a used bookstore. And my sister says, do people even read books anymore? And, and it was, that caught me up short. And I'm thinking, well, you know, with, with so many people, you know, on their devices all the time and, and YouTube and, and streaming and iPhones and iPads and all this other stuff, there's still value to, I think, having an actual book in your hand. I mean, p turning the pages is a whole lot more satisfying to me than swiping a screen. I mean, it just, the older I get, I think the more I regress back into, we don't really need all this technology, do we? If things were fine 40 years ago, well, we didn't have all of this. I, we, it feels like sometimes it kind of dominates the, the, the scene a little bit too much. All right, so we're going to take a real quick break. 
When we get back more with Tony Quintana about uh, Phantasm Creed and whatever else he's got in the works. So stick around more right after this. Stand by. Back live from the bunker, Jason Hunt here, and glad you're all with us. Whether you're live or Memorex, it's good to have you along for the ride. Uh, real quick, want to remind everybody that coming up on Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central. Oh, that's got lyrics. Shut up there. Uh, all right, coming up Saturday uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern, Good Morning Multiverse with the week's headlines. And then I do believe on Sunday we've got a new Salacious Crumbs with the latest Star Wars news, so we hope you join us for all of that. Right now, we're talking with Tony Quintana about his new book, his very first book, uh, Doys Master. Did I get that right? Doys Master Phantasm Creed. Is that right? Okay, got it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, is this the beginning of a series, or is this a one-off? Well, it could be a one-off, but I just want to expand on my characters. Um, a lot of my characters have been getting a lot of love from from people that have read the, the book, and I would like to expand on that. And um, you'll see in the book there's like a, a map that um, has like a lot of locations and places that um, Dashiell doesn't really visit, but those are like possibilities, and I would just like to expand on those and characters and plots and everything and. And that's not, I really had a fun experience writing it and just creating this world. So why, why not make it something bigger if it's possible? Are you keeping notes as to who everybody is, what everybody's done? How are you keeping, how, how do you plan to keep track of your continuity? Because I know a lot of times, David Weber, for example, he's got the Honor Harrington books. You're now into 20, 25 different books in this universe. There's got to be a way, you know, you have to figure out your way, I guess, early on how you're going to keep track of all of this. Because if you if you do something in book one and then come back to it in book 15 and you get it wrong, there are going to be people who are going to tell you you got it wrong. So what's your what's your plan for for maintaining your continuity? Well, even though I complain a lot, <laughs> I don't take me law. Don't take me wrong. I love my book, but I. I will have to read it like three more times before I start writing the the second one, because I'll I, I'll have to be um I'll have to be one with the book again. Sure. And um, right now it's been a while since I not really I I read it like I, I read it like last week <laughs> because I had to make sure everything was like okay with it before um, the release. But no, it, it's um it, it's it's a really fun experience just to um leave your story all over again i mean i've done it like 200 times please save me but uh, <laughs> no but it's 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 a fun experience and um yeah i'll have to read it again at least two 
three times. And um, here's another thing. I really have a good memory. <laughs> I, I, I think, I believe I have a good memory. And if you are, if you ever get into an argument with me, don't, don't like my piece of advice would be don't ever do it because <laughs> I'll remember exactly what you said and what you did. The and thing, I'll be right. The thing <laughs> is, and I remember all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Speaking from experience, however, I can say that in about 30 years, you're not going to be able to say that very well. So <laughs> that's, that's one of those things. And, and it's, it's actually, it's kind of a running gag between me and, uh, and Mrs. Boss because as, as I get older, and I have to remind her that there are times when I don't remember very, very well certain things. I mean, I'm 51. I'm not that old, but um, there's, you know, I don't, I don't remember having that conversation. I don't remember, you know, going, going there and doing that, and and being reminded kind of, kind of plays up my mortality a little bit, you know, between that and my, and my back. But, you know, at some point the memory starts to go. So, you know, notes, I guess if you get into the good habit of taking notes on, on all of your continuity now, then it's not going to bite you later. But what, where do you see this story going? Are, are you thinking the, the universe expands just with you writing it? Or do you think that at some point you're going to have collaborators? Ooh, I don't know. Like I've, I've talked to this friend. He's also working on his book, and it, this happened like, like a year like last year, and um, we were talking about like a possible crossover. You know, like having like our two um, characters do something together, and like just try to explain why this characters from like two parallel universes are like together now, and they they have to defeat someone or, or do something. But, um. As of right now, um, I would say it would be just me. I'm a perfectionist, and I've always been. I know it's a bad, it, it, it's a bad thing. It, well, it's a good and a bad thing, but um, the bad thing is that it makes me suffer a lot because sometimes I don't know when to let go of stuff, um, yeah. when to let go of my writing, when to say this is ready, this is good enough. But it's also good because I know exactly what what I what I want, and I think I know what the people want from me. So that's why one of like my favorite like writers and like directors is George Lucas. Yes, because I feel like he he has like that similar mindset. Like he, well, he he's actually at one point said that, uh, and and I'm going to paraphrase this, but he's basically said that that when you're in the movies, when you're telling stories, the story is never done. The story is never finished. It just gets abandoned. You know, it's one of those things where you could nitpick it to death, and you could. You know, fine tune it and fine tune it and fine tune it and fine tune it and fine tune it, and by the time you get done fine tuning, nobody's ever seen it and nobody's going to see it. So at some point, you've got to decide: this is all I'm going to do with it. It's finished. Put it in front of an audience. So I can understand, you know, that whole sense of perfectionism, kind of grinding into the creative process too, because you can actually be your own worst enemy with that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You can hurt yourself really easily, and you can be like there. There is nothing as not being too harsh on yourself. And yeah, the the your the your worst judge is you. You are your worst judge. Yeah. You are the person that will make you hurt the most if you if you let yourself. Uh, that's something I've been working on, and that's something I've I've been letting go. It's I'm I'm better now. I'm better now. No, I'm better now, guys. But um, yeah. That is something that's true. It's like 
I, I would like to think this every story, every book is like a parallel universe, you know? We have our own history, right? We have our own mm-hmm. chain of events. But that book also, because being a parallel universe also has a chain of events. So it goes to the past or it goes to the future. So yeah, but I, I, I totally agree with that idea. Are you familiar with the Wold Newton universe? Uh, I Philip Jose so. Philip Jose Farmer, uh, a, a science fiction author of some renown from a millennia ago, mm-hmm. came up with this idea. And if you if you look at the Walt Newton universe, he's the the research that goes into it. Basically, he has managed to create a multiverse where everything is connected. From James Bond to Sherlock Holmes to Jim Kirk to everything in between. And it is a fascinating, very, very, very deep rabbit hole that you could get caught up in. But it's it's really interesting because it, it starts with those things like you see H.P. Uh, Lovecraft where you have uh, the statement of Randolph Carter. Randolph Carter shows up in a couple of his stories. And then you've got John Carter over here for the uh, for from from Edgar Rice Burroughs, and then you have Alan Moore who decides, well, maybe they're related somehow. So uh, Randolph Carter and John Carter, and from those little tenuous little beginnings, Wold Newton, Philip Jose Farmer put this toge- together and just and just connected. All the dots to everything. It is it is a a fascinating, brilliant piece of work. It's a scary dive into. I mean, this will keep you. Yeah, you you resurface twelve hours later, and you've only gone through maybe two percent of it. It's 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 a crazy crazy thing, but it's fascinating to see how those con- are, those connections get made. And it's kind of like what you're saying. Everything is part of the same multiverse. We're just telling different stories, different aspects of it, and different parts of it. Uh, I think that's a that's a real interesting way to look at how everybody else's stories compared to yours, because because then there's not so much competition as there is complementary work. Excuse me, mm-hmm. complementary work, and it's not there's that that us versus them. Well, I have to I have to do better than this other author over here i've got to sell more books than they do or, or or whatnot so that's a that's a very interesting way of looking at it is that something that you came to over time or has this has this kind of been in the back of your head for a while now well i the world of joyous master usually takes place in the real world in our world so um if you if you were to be in that universe and in, in, if you were to um go back in time, you would see there's another, yet another continent in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. And that's where the continent of Egadris is. That's my, uh, the, the continent where my story takes place. And yeah, that's, that's something I've always felt like, I don't know, I, I like that. I just feel like it's, it gives people the feeling that they could be part of that story too. So I don't know, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but no, it's something that, that idea I've always liked. So where do you go next? You have uh, you have this book. You're doing the press for it. How has that gone? A lot of a lot of authors when they first get into this kind of thing, and especially now compared to 10, 15, 20 years ago, the responsibility for the marketing of a book 
you know, falls on the author's shoulders a lot more heavily than it used to. How has that experience been for you? I mean, you're doing these interviews, you're doing this, you know, the, the press junket. How's that going? Uh, I mean, uh, I, I think of myself as a person with an old soul. <laughs> I am not really that big with social media. I force myself into it because that's the best way to communicate your ideas, your thoughts, your, your news, everything to, to people. And, um, no, I think it's, it's, it's been a rewarding experience. I, I've learned a lot about social media. I've learned a lot about my, the readers that want that are awaiting my book or are, are, it's they're waiting for my book and they, they want to read it. So it's, it was, it, it is cool. It is cool, but it's also hard, especially if you, you're not like a big social media guy like me. <laughs> Yeah, no. uh, you know, there's there's something to be said for not spending your entire waking moments online in in the social media. So that's that that is not a bad place to be. I have put a link in the comments uh, in the chat for everybody the the link to the Wold Newton uh, website. It, it's a it's a very very fascinating deep dive. But okay, so. Anything in this process of marketing this book that surprised you? Because, I mean, this is all a new thing for you. And, and you know, I, I'm sure you had maybe a little bit of a certain expectation when you started. How has, how has it gone compared to what you thought it might be? I mean, when I started with my marketing, I had this... Um, my expectations were not that high because I know how hard it is for authors to get their work out there and to tell and try to tell people that it is out there and it might be for them. Yeah. So um, now I understand, like I did my research and I was prepared for it. And um, I've been having like some really good response from, from my, from the people that have read my, my, my book. And um, I am confident that people will like it and they'll share it with their friends it, that would be awesome and um yeah no that's that, that that those were my expectations and they they were met they that they 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 were what they were yeah so when when all of this is going on the book comes out tomorrow are you planning to make appearances do some signings or is this all going to be just online we'll just do the interviews this way i would love to do some signings um i've been I feel like I'm, I'm I'm being stretched all over the room, just like. <laughs> but no, it's because of the book release. Um, after tomorrow, I'll have way more time, and uh, I'll be able to focus on my writing and um, other aspects of my um, artistic life. Um, I I just yeah, I would like to meet my 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 re my readers. I would like to if they want to a signed copy. I'll be more than happy if you ever. If you ever see me somewhere and you know it's me, Tony M. Quintana, the writer of Joe's Master, please don't hesitate to ask me for, for a signature or anything. Or if you have any questions, I'll be more than happy to help you because I am also learning. Yeah. And I'm also learning and I want people – like that's the whole thing. I want people to do great things, to be inspired. And if I inspired you in that way, I'll be, I'll be more than glad. Are you planning to uh, make make any travels to Comic Cons anytime soon? Are you are you looking at events that you can visit? Oh, I will love. Some. I've never go. I've never gone to a, a Comic Con. Ever? 
never i've never gone to one of those i always wanted to go but i i have no one that wants to go with me. <laughs> i mean to to the movies to the theater to a bar to to like a restaurant like people would yeah but my friends will want to go but i don't have a lot of friends that go to comic cons hmm. i do have a couple of them but i i they might they are when i when i ask them they are busy with their own lives and yeah i i should find more friends that are that will be willing to go with me to a comic con for the first well, there's, time there's nothing wrong with going by yourself and just taking it all in at your own pace and that way you're not having to worry about you know this this person wants to go to this panel and this person wants to go over here to this you know to artist alley and you you have a little bit more control over your schedule that way i can see but oh it, yeah it definitely is an experience no yes i want to go not that i'm afraid of going by myself it's okay, but um, I just want to go with someone that knows they're yeah. right about that kind of stuff, you know? Like, that's 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 experience that they'll, like, if I have a question, they'll explain it. If I don't know where to go, they'll tell me where to go because they know they they know these kind of events. So, yeah, yeah no, I, the fan, I'm hoping. The fan community is, is really good like that. I mean, you've got your bad apples just like you do with any any anything else, but, uh, it yeah, it is, it is fun to see that group kind of coalesce around something whether that's you know a fundraiser or an event or something um have you have you cosplayed as dashel yet no but i do have (laughs) well i do have the original x-shaped jewel box so (laughs) i do and if you if you check the um the the cover you'll see the the x-shaped jewel box in his utility belt it's right there it's hanging I don't know if you have a picture of it right there, but it's it's like I, right I do see it's right there on his on his left hip. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do mm-hmm. I do see that. All right. And I I do have some elements. I I could totally do it. So you said this this book took you what four years to write? How long do you anticipate the next book to take not, before it comes not out? Not that long, because I already know my main characters, and um. It was more of like learning how to write like English, like you know, like having that, getting that like humor, getting that like action that people like here, and uh, it, it, it was it, it was a lot of learning. It yeah. was a lot of learning. It was a lot of waiting. There was um, I, I I was very young at that. Like I was like what like twenty when I started writing it. I was fifteen when I came up with all of these ideas, and. Um, I just didn't have the resources, like the like all the resources that I have now. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, I'm not expecting my books to take long. I just want to give something like that's good quality. But no, I, I am, I, I think I've for my the first because I started writing the the second one, the sequel, or some ideas, and right now I've written like twenty twenty k, twenty thousand words. Okay. Yeah. So I'm. Uh, I read once this post about authors not for sequels not being able to go beyond the 2000 words to the 20000 words so i'm like i need to You're go right beyond that yeah now do you anticipate an end point have you have you got this kind of mapped out in your head the final story or is this pretty open ended and and you will go will go where the winds take us however many stories we get out of it that's what we get i actually have an idea of how i want the whole thing to end i mean i'm I'm a fan of like series that like happened so long ago getting like a remake or a reboot or something. 
I, I'm in love with that idea, but no, I for this particular story, I know how it's going to end, and um, I I didn't know if I wanted to, my book to be by like one off or or a series, but I started like crafting this whole thing, like the the skeleton of the story, the overarching story, and um, it's it was kind of funny how I had the um, the ending of the, the whole series before I, I came up with the ending of the first book. Okay. Well, it does give you a, a trajectory on on where your in between stories go, and, and I know sometimes the author gets surprised by his own stories going different directions that you don't quite understand, you know, anticipate. Uh, Underworld Dream says, "Have to listen later in a noisy area. Can't turn my phone up any higher. Good luck, everyone. Thanks for being here, Underworld Dream. I haven't seen that name in the chat here uh, before." Uh, sci-fi, uh, sci-fi snob. Does the hero on the front cover look like the author? I <laughs> Well, and and you're probably going to get a lot of that. You're gonna, you're probably going to get oh, asked that, it. Uh, a, a lot. Just, but it's, but it's pure happenstance, complete accident. Yeah, complete accident. I didn't want it to be like me, at all. And um, I don't know why people say that because he has like blue eyes and the the auburn red hair. Red red hair and um, yeah, he's way younger than I am. <laughs> so I don't know. Well, uh, if you if you do look at this at this uh, at this photograph here, uh, your hair is kind of doing the same thing uh, in that in that photograph uh, that that is going on with the hero there. It's a it's a little bit more, you know, feathered out and and higher up. So you know, you know people see what they see, right? Yeah, no, and that one, that one picture I don't like. I I took like three different headshots with uh, three different, um, you, you know, photographers, and that was the one that I liked the most. And I don't even like it. That's for like normal, like random pictures. I'm I'm usually like photogenic, like I'm really good with photos. But with the ones that really matter and that I have to look really good, zero. Yeah, the pressure's on, right? So uh, when when you get that kind of of response, you get those kind of questions that are, you know, you're going to get asked the same thing over and over and over again. Sometimes, are you uh, are you also making plans, contingency plans for those people who come in and and criticize and complain that you did this when you should have done that? Are are you ready for that? Um, you cannot please everyone. You, if those, if, if if they give me, like a reason, like a really good reason, and I will understand. I'm open to criticism. Like it's it's something that all authors should should get. And I've been getting some criticism. Like um, some people don't like the the romance part of the novel. Some people think it's like um, some characters don't get enough space. Those are like the, the two main things that I, I I've been getting. I mean. You can't please everyone, right? But open to to learning from 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 their like from, from their ideas. I mean, if, if if a person comes to me and be like, "Oh, like this is like a piece of garbage," and I, and I don't like it, and I just and if I ask him like or ask her why, and he or her doesn't give me like a reasonable reason, like a, a good reason why I should change this or I should do something differently. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry you didn't like it. 
uh, thank you so much for supporting me for buying my book, but I'm so sorry the story was not for you. Maybe the sequel you'll like more. Well, and something you mentioned at the beginning of the of the hour where you're talking about some different things of, of why you write, uh, promoting kindness, service, and self-worth, self-worth and the importance of environmental preservation. Now, there, some people hear this, and there are going to be some little red flags that fly and say, oh, it's going to be one of those message books. It's going to be a message fiction. How much, how much of a balance do you have to strike between telling that story and, and whatever, whatever inspiration you want people to draw from? Is that, was that hard to strike that balance, or, or did you have a good plan going into it to start? I would say we have a good plan. Um, for let's start with the uh, environmental preservation, right? So my characters won't be like, oh no, people should be like better, like they 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 should take care of the environment, and now no, there there'll be nothing of that sort in the book. But it's just the way I wrote things, um, trying to bring out the beauty of nature, gotcha. just the the story, like the the backstory of maybe a character or two, maybe that like people will get like, oh, this is where he wants to get this message. But no, that guys, trust me. There, there'll be no characters like giving like a speech about how they you should like take care of the earth and just like be vegan or something. <laughs> no, no, that, there will be nothing of that sort or kindness. I mean, you don't have to explain kindness. You just have to act it. You just have to be kind. Yeah. To to inspire others to be kind. So yeah, no, I I had a plan about that. You you're right. Like I had I. There's a, there was a balance, and I think I achieved it. Again, some people might say like, "Oh, yeah, this was like a, there was a lot of this like stuff, like being like, oh yeah, you should be kind and like for, for uh, environmental preservation." Um, and no, I mean, I think I my formula works the way it is. But again, you yep. can't please every single reader. That's true. All right, on that note, we will uh, head out let everybody know you can find uh, more about Tony. CrystalCarriagePublishing.com is the website. Tony's also on Instagram. And I didn't find you on Twitter. Are you on any of the other social medias? I'm planning not, not Twitter. <laughs> That's <laughs> smart, something I can't. I, I don't think I'll ever be able to handle. Sorry, guys. I wish... I wish I, I could, but no. But I'm I'm planning on starting a TikTok, TikTok okay. account. All right. Just with, with some drawings of mine, some videos. Like I'm I won't be dancing. I'm I'm a bad dancer. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> you won't see me dancing. But uh, I I won't traumatize you for life. Don't worry. But no, I'm I'm planning on starting a TikTok account. Uh, I have a Facebook page, Tony M Quintana author. And yeah, Instagram. That's like the my main thing. The, the the thing I feel the most comfortable with. Okay. All right. And we do have links to all of those in our notes for the episode. We do thank you for all uh, all of you for being here. And Tony, thanks very much for spending some time with us and and talking. Good luck with the book and and the subsequent series of books. And we'll have you back on to talk about more of it. Thank you so much, Jason. All right. All right, and and we do want to thank all of you for being here. If you are new to the channel, don't forget, we do invite you to subscribe if you haven't already. We're creeping up toward 2,000 here, and we also want you to connect with us over on Odyssey if you're so interested. Have your notifications turned on. Connect with us on all the socials. And don't forget, 
Good Morning Multiverse this Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central. And in the meantime, enjoy all of the rest of the videos we've got. And remember, there are four lights. Copyright 2021 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.